0: He saves, and I'm tired for that. Good. good to see you all today. Uh, we have a, just a couple things to mention before we get into our time in the word uh, with one another. Um, first of all, we had uh, we have it's Veterans Day weekend, in case you haven't noticed. Uh, and just if you served in either of our branches, including you know, Coast Guard merchant Marines, or if you've been in the space force? Uh, I still want to get one of those flags because it's a it's a real deal now to have the Space Force. Could you just raise your hand real quickly? Just put your hand up if you were in the... Yeah, okay. Well, hold up. Keep your hand up. Everyone else look around. Okay, now you know who to invite to lunch today. Okay, so... Um, yeah, we appreciate our vets. We're going to pray for uh, them right now and that we, especially for us, that we would take advantage of the freedoms that have been earned uh, through their work and their time. So, Lord, we... Do uh, come to you with gratitude. We have such opportunity in this country from uh, men and women who've given uh, some some of their lives. And we know those are for, we remember them on Memorial Day. But Lord, for those who gave years of their lives. Uh, away from their families, perhaps. Uh, maybe some in combat, maybe some not, but Lord, all of that contributed to the freedoms and the opportunities that we have, and so we want to be, as always, good stewards of that. And so we, uh, we pray for ourselves that we would be using what we have for your kingdom but, Lord, also as a, as a side benefit to honor them and their sacrifice for us. So, Lord, thank you for the emphasis we've seen in our community and how uh, thanks is rightly given uh, for all these men and women who've, who've given of the years of their life. In your name, amen. So, the other thing I want to mention is yesterday, uh, we had a group from Grove City College come and lead us in... What was they entitled, Praying Like Jesus. And so they walked us through the Lord's Prayer. And there are really four parts, movements of that. There's reverence, a time of reverence. And then of response to that. And then our request. And then our, our readiness. And so they just went through. That's, that's what Jesus said when he said, pray like this. And so uh, there's a couple of reasons why it's important for us to hear that, because now we have to say, okay, are we going to do that? Are we going to follow Jesus's instructions? And there's two ways we do that. One is by uh, follow, uh, doing that personally in our own prayer times, and to pray that way, uh, focusing on the Lord. What does he want and his will and praise for him? And then the other part is to how, we, how do we do that now corporately as a church? And so, and we need to. We need to be, I think, better at that of giving our um, uh, our time together, following that pattern uh, that Jesus gave us. So we appreciate that of this group coming, uh, f- uh, and they were they were just a neat group of students, uh, and uh, just it was encouraging to me just on a side note to see godly young people as we have here in our own community but also this group saying they're they're going to be the next group to come up and and take our places as well so that was encouraging if you were here yesterday there's a card on the back counter there and it's the biggest blank card i had so uh, be be like write small or something, or use the back of it. But I encourage you maybe to write a quick note of thanks to them uh, for that. So that's on the back counter. Uh, we, are, we are coming, coming kind of to a landing here with uh, Experiencing God. We have this week and next week, and then we'll start our Christmas uh, series. And our weekly verse is John fourteen twenty three. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home to him. We actually had a message on that. So with me now, John fourteen twenty three. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, as we've been working through experiencing God, and this is through the workbook, this is through our life groups, Sunday mornings, maybe if you're doing this on your own, it's it's focused on us as individual believers. What is God calling us to do? calling you to do, calling me to do? and we and we talked about hearing and obeying and and following through with what how He is leading us. Today and next week, We're adjusting our thinking a little bit to not just individually, but what is he calling us, Zion Church, to do, to be? Is there something he's going to reveal to us in his will for us to reach this community, to encourage one another, uh, an area of ministry, maybe a long-term, short-term thing? So so kind of retool our thinking, and the, we're going to look at another church today as an example, uh, and it's, it's, it's actually a message I've always thought I wanted to do because they are such a good example. Actually, maybe I did do this years ago. I did. I did preach through 1 Thessalonians probably 30 years ago, but... but I don't remember that message. Uh, <laughs> but there's a, there's a love relationship this church has with God, the Thessalonian church. And it, it also is a love relationship they have for one another. And so they serve as an example of, of a church that is, loves God and obeys God with his will and what they want to do. And so we're going to see that from them. But remember, this is a this is a group of believers just like us. They weren't they, you know, they didn't have this little glow around their head like you see in medieval art. They were just like us, meeting maybe even a little more often than we do, maybe almost every day, but they responded to the Lord uh in in a, in a profound way and it and it just kind of blossomed out of them with their love for God and their love for one another. And in in the workbook, if you're doing that, on page 226, I wanted to quote this. It says, you cannot be in a relationship with Jesus and not be on mission. And this church in Thessalonica, it's a city in Greece, that they were like that. They, they, They had a strong relationship with Jesus and it just blossomed from their life and their church. Now, when it comes to making a proclamation or saying what God's doing, um, we use a word in our culture that we call marketing. What is marketing for? I mean, if you sell something, if you have a product, you want to sell something. Do churches market themselves? Yes, we do. Uh, and, and it's kind of a debate how much a church should do that. You think, well, what do, what do we do that's on marketing? Well, we have a sign that's marketing we have banners for, for, you know, in a, in a few weeks, we'll put our Christmas Eve service banner up there. And so that's marketing. We're letting people know. Now we're not typically selling something, but we're, we are wanting people to know we're communicating what's going on. um, how should, you know, how should a church do that? Now how, did, how could an early church in the first century, a church that the Apostle Paul is writing to, what did they do to market themselves? You know what the extent of their technology was? The latest technology they had. They didn't have social media. They couldn't write stuff in the sky. Paper. Paper was the latest technology they had. And it was also very expensive. They used to write, in fact, the early letters and the Old Testament, it was written on what's called vellum. It's it's essentially um, sheets of leather where they would write things out and sew it together. But later, uh, papyri came along and it it was really a very coarse and expensive paper. So the original letters, like what Paul's writing on, he would use you know, the, the very edges, although, you know didn't use margins and all that. They wanted to, to utilize it as much as possible. How did they get that? You know, Today we do, Patricia and I were just talking about this last night, if you watch a movie, they do things like called product placement. So if you're watching a spy movie and the spy people are on a computer, well, they always show you the name of the computer. It'll say like Dell computers because Dell paid money to, 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 to get their, their computers on that. Or certain cars will be in a chase scene. And so like every car that you see in a chase scene, they're, they're all going to be Fords. It's funny, even the bad guys and the good guys are all, because Ford provided that. And they want their name on that. We think like that in terms of marketing. But in the New Testament church, it's different. How did they market themselves? Uh, in Unit 11, in Experiencing God, they, they're going to have an emphasis on a word. Uh, if you haven't seen this already, it's a Greek word, and it's koinia. And I think we have, have that up there for you. That's how it's spelled with English letters. And it means, or it's translated as fellowship, community, being part of a group, koinonia. And it is, it is, there's two kinds of fellowship. There's first of all fellowship with God, which this church had, and then fellowship with one another. So it's out of this fellowship as this church had their mission for God birthed. A okay? little bit of background, uh, where they came from. It's in Paul's second missionary journey. So as you're reading through the book of Acts, he goes out first with Barnabas. But then he goes out again uh, with Silas and uh, they, 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 they found this church. Uh, there was Jewish and Greek people that were living in there, but um, persecution arose primarily from the, the Jewish people in this city. Uh, that's just what they were that's just what they did. They were envious of Paul's success, uh, how he's gathering all these folks uh, uh, into this church. Um, later on, all the churches in this region around thessalonica again it 's in what we call modern day Greece they were commended for their uh, their generosity it 's in 2 corinthians eight and he mentions them all right now let 's let 's look at this group. think of them as an example for us okay first Thessalonians one, two and three. Paul says, "We give thanks to God always for you." Constantly making, mentioning you, you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor, of love and steadfastness, of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he says we do this. They give thanks. Because earlier in the letter, Paul says, it's not just Paul writing. It's Paul, Timothy, and another gentleman called Silvanus. So they have thankful hearts. When they think of the Thessalonians, it's like, aren't we thankful for them wow they are a wonderful wonderful church this was a church that did not remind paul of struggles and issues because you know what there were some of the churches paul dealt with that did have struggles and issues you don't believe me read first corinthians and I mean, there must have been one of those times where Paul thinks of the Corinthian churches and he says, oh, I love those guys, but oh my. <laughs> Do they have things to deal with? The churches in Galatia. Oh, I love those guys, but oh, there's some things going on. Not this church. Boy, when he thought of them, it was like, man, they got it going. They are doing it right. They reminded him to be filled with gratitude some churches were a source of grief but not this church in this city well why he tells them first of all it's their work of faith their faith is established in fellowship with god they really believed he also mentions their labor of love and literally he means it's labor inspired by their love as they have love for god and love for one another again this labor came out they they were indeed we would say today they were Experiencing God, see what I did there okay all right um, they had steadfast hope, and so this was a church that was being persecuted we'll see we see hints of that and then even in uh, later on we'll see it as well that they were getting persecuted for their faith and paying for it and they were also focused on hope and I know that the the chapter and verse numbers were added later to all of Paul's letters to kind of help us find things. Um, but every chapter in the letter to Thessalonians mentions something about the return of Jesus. Every chapter. So they were focused on the hope that Jesus was indeed coming back. So this, these qualities shouldn't be a mark for every Christian in every church. But he's not done being faithful, thankful for them. Look at their proclamation of God's work. I'm going to read verses 4 to 7 here. For we know, brothers beloved, loved by God, that he has chosen you, they've been saved, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in the power of the Holy Spirit with full conviction. And you know, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. And just, here, here remember, this is the Apostle Paul. This guy wrote a third of the New Testament. He's a big deal. And, but they're his brothers. That's how he viewed them. What a great church. He didn't hold them hold superiority over them. But what did God do among them? Well, he says he chose them. He says the gospel came in a supernatural way. In other words, the power of God was evident among them as this message came among them. Literally, Paul says that it wasn't just with bare words or with a proclamation, but with power. The gospel message, the saving message of Jesus Jesus' sacrifice for me and for you is the very power of God. It is a supernatural thing to see hearts changed. Paul refers this also to the Corinthian church. He says, My speech and my message were not with plausible words of wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith might not rest on the wisdom of men, regular stuff, but on the power of God. They, they had the Holy Spirit among them with full conviction, full assurance. And so this message, this, this message coming to them was a divinely inspired thing to happen to them. And they responded. They became imitators of the disciples and of the Lord himself. It says, oh, we should change our life. Last week we talked about the old life and the new life. Oh, we have this old life stuff we need to change and have a new life and imitate these people. They, but they didn't stop there. They also became examples. So now you start to see that marketing come about. They, they were exam, not just examples to unbelievers, but to one another. Note how this is plural. He, he doesn't say, well, a couple of you or a few of you or your leaders. It was all of you. You all were examples and this extended geographically to other places. He uses these two words, Macedonia and Achaia. And that's, at that time, Greece was divided into two regions, Macedonia and Achaia. So their influence spread throughout that entire nation. Uh, Thessalonica was just one city. In um, fact, later in his next letter, in his second letter, he says, We boast about you guys to the other churches for your steadfast faith, even though you're getting persecuted. That's in Second Thessalonians 1.4. So their reputation is exploding. But he's still not done describing their impact. Look at verses 8 through 10. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth for you in Macedonia and Achaia, in all of Greece, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we don't need to say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reputation we had among you and how you turned from, to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. There's that return of Christ reference in that chapter. So this news of this people just spread. Through social media? Through advertising? No. Just through word of mouth. Did you hear? Did you hear what's going on? What's happening to these people in Thessalonica? This church thing, this Jesus thing is just going on. Really? I didn't hear. Oh my goodness. And so well, let me hear, find out about that. And then it's just going from one person to another to another, and it's just exploding just because they're responding to the Lord. That's a work of power. It is literally reverberated from them. Without ads, without burp. Billboards, it just sang, sounded forth. It, 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 in our translation here, it means to rank, ring out to thunder. It's just an unmistakable proclamation. If, if someone pulled a fire alarm, we'd all know what it meant. We'd all hear it. It would, oh, we need to leave. We need to respond to that. Well, that's, what, that's the kind of word or sounding forth that these people had. Their faith has traveled. And God's work among them even spread beyond Greece. And Paul says, boy, we've been traveling around. We've been going to this church and that church. And we're going up and down what is now modern-day Turkey and all these areas. And you know what? We're hearing about you. That's what's happening. All this work of God is going in advance of them. Uh, They don't need to tell this Thessalonian story because they already know. Well, what do they do? These people, now, think we we use that term Gentile, and they were Gentiles, or Greek. We're used to, in our culture, hearing the name Jesus. People know about things like Christmas and Easter. Even if they don't follow the Lord, they, they know that. They've heard the name. But imagine an area of the world where no one's heard the name Jesus, no one's heard about the God of the Old Testament. Well, they didn't. They had a bunch of idols. They had a bunch of false gods they were doing. And all of a sudden this message comes in about the God of the universe? Why are we following idols, things made from stone, from, from, from wood, when there's a living God? And they turned from that. Their repentance made uh, a big splash, a big input, in, impact. And idols, and not every form of idolatry was like this, but some of them involved sacrificing children or, or, or giving uh, just these huge amounts of money and, and devotion. And, and there was a lot of fraud and everything involved. And they said, we're done with that. We're now going to turn to what's real that's what we call repentance. How they were following this, and then they were going and following the Lord. The Thessalonians were waiting from Jesus from the heavens. And about, and about the wrath to come. They, know, they may have heard in Paul's messages, and even as he repeats in Romans 5, he says, We have now been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Again, the gospel message. This church was public. Why? Because they were special? Because they had a big marketing campaign? No. They just listened to God. They just listened to God. And it made an impact on them individually and as a group. They had that fellowship together. They were excited to be together. This church couldn't help to do what we call being on mission. Oh, it's great, we're all saved, so we're just going to sit around? No. They're going to get that message out. God's work was obvious. It was dramatic. What do you mean all these, all these places of idolatry, all these foreign idol temples we're not going to use anymore? Nope. Uh-uh. We're going to follow the Lord. And you think, Well, that's great. We don't have idols here today. Oh, yes, we do. Instead of following the idol of success, of money, of power, of, of even, even good things like, like jobs, our regular jobs can be something that we rely on. It could be our God. And we say, I'm not going to make that my God anymore. I'm going to have a whole new value system. It's dramatic. It's really nothing special about them. God worked and the news spread. They did this together as a whole. So for the question for us, as we consider this, this church as an example, God did things. So for us, what has God done in your life? Now, we need to look, we can look back and say, man, he saved me. I was, I was 15, 16 years old. And that's absolutely valid and good. God saved me and I gave up my idols and I chose to follow the living God. But there's more. What has he done with me through me lately? What about lately? And it might be one of those kind of hard questions to ask of, you know what, God? It's been a while. It's been a while. As we've been going through experiencing God, um, there are uh, a lot of examples about money in there and how God provided for multiple churches. A, a church of our size starting new churches throughout Canada. And that's what God led them to do. So they did. And a lot of those things, you know, they take money. And they didn't have it. I mean, they're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars at some point. And... As I was reading through those, I thought, you know what? I haven't had an experience like that in a long time. We got to trust God for something. You know, we're, there, there, there are stories we could tell you for when we were in Bible college where it was, I mean, you're talking paycheck to paycheck. Sometimes it was down to the, you know, less than a dollar in our bank accounts. But God was faithful, Over and over again, you know, we 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 need milk, and then there was a coupon in the in the in the in the paper for milk. Right then, it was just all we had, but it was enough. God provided milk. There are times when we didn't have tuition, and it was you know it was Wednesday or Thursday, and it was due on Monday. And then through a lot of weird circumstances, God provided, and we were able to make our tuition payment in Bible College. I thought those were those were those were, those were kind of scary times, but they were also really exciting. But that was a while ago. When's the last time? We've trusted God for something. So as we are looking at this experiencing God, and God hopefully has been speaking, and a few weeks ago we we saw that He um has been doing that. What do we what do we need to trust Him for? A work of power, a work of God. It's a God-sized thing. And he's got to do it or it's not going to happen. But to trust him. Remember, individually has been the focus. But now what about as a church? What about as a church? Uh, He has been, if you haven't noticed, leading and directing us to be more and more a church of prayer. And yesterday was just one way of God doing that in our lives. I want to um, change things up a little bit with our pause and pray time because it's also our tradition, our our regular time where we uh, celebrate the Lord's table. But I want to kind of combine our pause and pray time with our Lord's table time here and have us think of of a few words. And I'll I'll lead and guide us uh, with what these words mean. But in response to this church, this Thessalonican church, and also getting our hearts ready for the Lord's table, we're going to look at each one of these words. And if you want to pray out loud, you're welcome to do that. But I encourage you at least be praying quietly along these lines to get us ready. It's going to take us a few minutes to get through these. But the first thing we're going to do is to look upward and so if there is a, a um, we'll get to thanks in a little bit, but just a praise for the Lord for what the table means, maybe something you've been learning and experiencing God, maybe something just about God, let's just take time to praise him. Let's focus on the word upward. And again, if you want to pray out loud, go ahead and do that. Um, but at least be, it might be a little awkwardly silent. I think that's where I'm going here. Let's focus our hearts upwardly, and then we'll, I'll lead through the other ones. Look upward. How are you praising him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, it's by your power that this church had an impact. It was all your work, and it just exploded. And so we are grateful for the power of God, for the gospel message, for the hope that is included in all that. It is indeed a God-sized act. And Lord, now we, we, look, we look at the next word. We look backward and in thanks. Lord, I thank you for the way that you provided for me and for my family when things were so lean years ago. How are you thanking him today? i thankful for the work that you have done in my, my kids' life. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. and Lord now we look forward we look upward backward and now forward what are you calling us to do we seek your face God, you've been leading me to kind of get into the weeds with uh, some believers in the community who uh, need to be reconciled. And so I I know that is an act of God. And I look forward to seeing how you're going to move forward. And I need your strength and wisdom. Uh, to speak, to confront, uh, to, be, to be gracious yet truthful. Lord, for other opportunities, for uh, uh, doors you're opening uh, for me to speak publicly, to, to tell people about you and, and to help save our kids. Um, and so, again, it is not by, um, by, by my own works, my own talent, my own experience, but, Lord, by the very power of God to speak truth. So you want? I I know these are according to your will, and your desire, and I could trust you for you doing that heart change that needs to happen. And now, God, we as we continue to to get our hearts ready for the Lord's table, you encourage us uh, in in Corinthians to to look inside, look inward, and see if there's been anything we need to correct with with you, to confess, to make right. And so now, Lord in preparation for this this memorial of the lord's table we look inward mhm God, I confess my my self focus. Even even when it comes to what I want to do or get done or accomplish today, um, it's always about me. And so I I confess my self focus uh, in instead of what you want to accomplish and do. God, we now turn finally turn our hearts outward, and I think of this this church. These are our brothers. They've been dead for thousands of years, and yet they are our brothers and sisters. And their faith sounded forth. And so, God, we pray this for us as Zion, as we, as we grow in our love for you, grow in our love for one another. Lord, we pray for, uh, for this community and the other areas. How are you leading us, God, outwardly? mm mm-hmm. yes God be you be what shines forth it's not our it's not our meetings it's not our programs it's not our building it is it is the it is you holy spirit that are that is sh- shouting forth uh to our community many who are um good good decent people and then, but unfortunately they're relying on their own goodness and so lord we pray that they would they would turn as we have turned from, from our idols and from our own self-sufficiency and turn to you to be to see again your impact. And Lord, we'll just we'll just point right back to you. We we like this Thessalonian church are nothing special, but you God bring great power. And so Lord, even now as we celebrate and give thanks for your blood that we, we've represented here with with the juice that has paid uh, the, the wrath that is due, due to us, you, Lord Jesus, have taken. And for the bread that is uh, broken, it is your broken body on our behalf. Again, God, that perfect sacrifice so that we might be right with God. We might be justified and made holy. And so we remember that today, Lord, as we celebrate uh, the Lord's table um, together in your name amen so when you're ready again we've already prayed come forward last Sunday for our great I guess it's our 90 day focus of experiencing God and so we are again looking at our kingdom offering so uh, again challenge you what is how is God speaking uh, to uh, give financially above and beyond our regular giving toward uh, first of all for our students and also for living in liberty and for our missionary in in Rwanda. So just listen to God. That's all we're asking for that. And then we will let you know later in the week because a lot of our giving comes online as well. Uh, You might be thinking about Christmas and Christmas plans. Um, Here's here's our plan right now. Christmas Eve, if you haven't noticed, is on a Sunday. And we also normally have a Christmas Eve gathering. Uh, So here's what we're going to do. We'll have our regular Sunday morning gathering Christmas Eve at 10.30. Okay? Then, I know, crazy, meet again. That night, 6.30, the emphasis for that in the evening, if there's someone who uh, you want to invite to church, I mean, you can invite anyone anytime you want, right? But the, the emphasis will be, you know, we'll have some time of praise and worship. We'll sing some of Stephen's favorite Christmas carols. Uh, and... Then we'll, um, uh, we'll have you know, candlelight and si- silent night and so forth. But the emphasis, of the message will be outreach to hear the gospel message. So normal, re- just a regular time, Christmas, hearing about the, the Christ child coming. And then that evening is the outreach at 630. Okay, 1030 and 630. So if you can make both, great. If you can make one of them, that's also great. If you're out of town, we'll miss you. All right, let's continue our worship.